Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast today, Sunday, May 8, 2022. Our instrumental is today taken from our brother, Don Salmon. Today's topic, Christ, the hope of glory. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for today, for the opportunity to again be in your presence, that you may speak through us to your people. Bless all who are gathered, Lord, to hear or to watch. Open their eyes of understanding, Lord, and their hearts, Lord, that they may apprehend the total truth as you reveal to them. And enable them, Lord, to allow the indwelling Christ in them, Lord, to be seen by the world. Knowing that Christ in them is the hope of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon everyone watching. And Father, we say, have your way, Lord. Take complete control, dear Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. The outline for today's broadcast. You believe in God. Believe also in me, said the Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples. That's to you and me. To Christ, the hope of glory. The song today is fed for one. Number one, you believe in God. Believe also in me. Scripture, please. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Praise the Lord. Last Sunday's broadcast was on following Christ in this time of immense unbelief in the world. In that broadcast, we stated the following. For true followers of Christ, the deteriorating world events that could usher in the end of easy living and even the end of the age is not the reason why they are discouraged and troubled. Because what truly discourages true followers of Christ is the immense unbelief among those who claim to be born again. Those who claim to be Bible-believing, practicing Christians. We use the scripture we just read, if you will join us last Sunday, to encourage ourselves not to be discouraged by the unfolding sad world events and all the great unbelief among those claiming to be followers of Christ. We use the same scripture we just read. However, in today's broadcast, we are using those verses of scripture to highlight the more important dimension of our work with the Lord Jesus Christ, which is that we must believe in him and in his father. Our faith in Christ the Lord must never waver because Christ indwells us, his children, and is our only hope of inheriting eternal life. So always remember today, Christ in us, the hope of his glory. 
or the hope of glory, which is eternal life. So we go back to John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Why were the Lord's disciples troubled? We're going to use some scriptures to answer the question. Scripture, please. John chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Praise the Lord. The setting is in John chapter 13. When they are going eating the Passover meal. And the Lord Jesus Christ has... Who knows that the end is coming? That his time on earth is almost over. The reason for which he came on earth is about to accomplish it. He's about to save humanity from themselves and reconcile them to Father God. He went to this Passover meal and is now about to wash their feet. Read the next scripture, please. John chapter 13, verses 18 to 22. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Verse 21. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ had been walking with these, his disciples, the twelve, who are the apostles, for three plus years. He has been sleeping. They all sleeping together in the same tent because then it were tents. And they were eating together. They were sharing together. And he was giving them words of eternal life. And I witnessed all the miracles he had done. They have also seen him being threatened by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And yet now, he's telling them He's about to leave in verse 14. But remember, the situation is in John chapter 13. They're having this meal and he's telling them about his eventual going away, which many may not have understood, but they knew that his time was up. He was foretelling his death. And they could perceive that their Lord is troubled. See, for the first day, this is a person that could command the waves to stop. Stop the elements. Heal the blind, raise the dead. 
And here now they can see he's troubled. And he even said so in the in John chapter 13, verses 18, 22, we just read. Where he said, Most assuredly, verse 21, I said to you, one of you will betray me. Why was the Lord perplexed? His humanity is evident at this moment. He's perplexed at the betrayal. His heart that someone he trusted would betray him. He has lived. He has been an open book to everybody. And yet, somebody in their midst whom, he's going to, whom he has washed his feet, whom he has given bread to eat, is going to betray him. He was perplexed. He was troubled in the spirit. Yet not minding what lay ahead. Because you already knew of the, his distorture and the cruel crucifixion. In verse 14, John chapter 14 is not giving them hope of eternal life. Of mansions waiting for them in heaven. Christ wanted his apostles not allow troubles and concerns or things in the world to affect their faith in God. As I said, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Because when you believe in God, no matter your circumstances today, you find that you will always have joy in your heart. That's what the message here is to say. Believe in God. Believe in me also. Because there are mansions he has already prepared for you and I. If we remain faithful, waiting for us in the heavens. He wanted his disciples to look upwards to God and heaven, not downwards. So what are the lessons for you and I today? Christ knew the identity of his betrayer, remember? He knew it beforehand. I even say he knew even as he was choosing him. But Father God had, when he prayed in the spirit and all night fasting and all that, God had told him those he's going to appoint. I'm sure as they're appointing him, he knew that Judas Iscariot is what? One of them. If it's you and I, I'm sure we're going to say, no, no, not this one. But he obeyed his father. Though he knew the identity of his betrayer beforehand, he still loved him to the very end. Washed his feet, gave him food to eat. And I'm sure pray for him so that he will not fall. So what's the lesson for you and I? I'm sure we have all been betrayed before. And even we might have betrayed others. Because it is the nature of human beings to betray one another. We never speak truth to one another. That's the nature of fallenness. But... Why should betrayers happen even among followers of Christ? Why do people fight over when they break up their church denominations and group? Why do they fight over that? If the church belongs to God, why are they fighting over it? You're bringing somebody to walk with you and suddenly he is saying other things behind you. Even in families, even among believing family members. 
So betrayers happen all the time. So I want you and I today to learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew his betrayer. Yet he loved him to the very end. Therefore, just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed you and I, we must never succumb to hate when we're betrayed. Yes, betrayer can hurt. Because often it's by those you love, those who are very close to you. We must always look heavenwards. Where our mansions are waiting for us, where we're going to see the glory of the Lord. Because Christ indwelling us is already saying, look upwards, forget whatever has happened to you. So I encourage you today, if you have been betrayed by someone close to you, someone you love so much, don't allow hate to take you away from eternal life. That's a message for you and I today. Forgive and pray for your betrayers. Never show hate. Love them to the very end. That way you shame the devil. Because the devil is the foremost betrayer of all times. He was a covering cherub of God and yet he desired to have his throne above that of God. Can you imagine you know, above his maker? That's what betrayal is like. So God suffered the greatest betrayal. And his son suffered the worst betrayal on earth. So if God could take it, and the Lord Jesus Christ would take it, you and I must take it as children of God. We have to behave like our father, not like the devil. The devil is a proponent of hate. Christ is a proponent of love. Christ exemplifies love. The devil exemplifies hate. Christ exemplifies heavenwards. Father God, faith in God. The devil what exemplifies what? Faith in yourself, in the world, and the things around you. I want you to propose in your heart today. Never to betray anyone. Never to betray anyone. And forgive all who have betrayed you and who will betray you in the future. Forgive them already beforehand. Pray for all that betrayed you. And who will betray you in the future? Because then you show that you are sons and daughters of your father in heaven. Praise the Lord. Next item. Christ is the hope of glory. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Scripture, please. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ indwells us. Isn't that a great thing to think about? That indwelling is a guarantee and surety that the hope that we are going to inherit eternal life. That we are going to see him in glory and see Father God. Christ indwelling us is the only hope you and I have. We have no other hope on this earth. Any other thing you and I are hoping for, or whatever we think we possess, is foolishness. Only Christ indwelling us should make us joyful. Let's scripture, please. John chapter 14, verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Praise the Lord. Not only is Christ indwelling you and I to lead us, 
He also gave us a constant companion, the Holy Spirit. He baptized us in the Holy Spirit, those who have believed. So that we will never miss the way. That's love. Next scripture, please. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 to 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Praise the Lord. For those of us who are cowards, please continue to pray this prayer, The Lord is my help. I will not fear. What can anybody do to you and I? If Christ indwells us, why should we be afraid? Christ already in us is that hope he has planted in us. But I tell you why some of us have problems. That's why verse 5, Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Let your conduct be with your covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Knowing that the Lord has said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Meaning, even if you are passing through the valley of shadow of death, he is there with you. If the enemies have surrounded you, he is there with you. Remember the Bible. When Elisha's servant was so afraid and he said, Father, open his eyes so he can see. And he saw angels of God surrounded. We even have a more excellent protection, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing can penetrate unless we invite the enemy inside. And covetousness is the instrument that the devil has used to penetrate the hearts of many believers. The moment you are not contented with what you have, you open the door for the enemy to plant thoughts. And once you embrace those thoughts, you have a problem. You will never be happy again. This is why the Bible said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. The moment you are covetous, you can never be contented. Otherwise, how come the richest people in the world are continuing to do all sorts of evil things to increase their riches? And why is it that some people who are ruling some countries in the world want to remain there forever? Because they are not contented. Nothing can give contentment to the human being except Christ in you, the hope of glory. Which is why all unbelievers are not contented. You can say it if that is here if you don't. No unbeliever, no matter what he or she has, is contented. Say it again to yourself and to anybody you are witnessing the gospel. Tell him, brother, not brother, because not your brother yet or sister, even if he's your father or mother. Tell him, sir or man. You are not contented. I know you have everything in the world. You are not contented. Because only when you have Christ can you be contented. And even those who have Christ, if they are not careful, if they allow covetousness to come into their lives, they are done. They will never be contented. They will be unhappy. And at that moment, Christ indwelling them is what restrained. He's kept in a straight jacket. So you can no longer allow him to do what he wants to do through you so that the world can see the light that is auto-radiating from your heart. Christ promised you and I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
I want you to take this home today. Take it everywhere you go, no matter in their situation. I do not care what that situation is. So long as Christ is in you, you have no problem. The devil will say they are problem. No, you don't have any problem. He, because he that has delivered you from sin and darkness has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But make sure your conduct, you are not coveting anybody's things. You are not coveting anything at all. You are not allowing grief to play into your life. Be content with whatever God has given you. Be content with your circumstances. Be content with whatever situation you find yourself. Because when you do, Christ will continue to shine through you. Because covetousness is a poison. It's a poison. It destroys grace. It drives away Christ into you. And before you know it, you've lost your salvation. Because the moment you allow covetousness to come into your life, the devil will strike. And when he does, you have no more protection. Let's scripture, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, you know, God, there was so much darkness. So, you see, there was darkness. There was, there was no... Look, it was all, that's Genesis chapter one, 1, verse 1 and 2. It was all gloom and doom. Because the Spirit of God was over over the face of the earth. And then God said, if I lay there be light, that same light that shone and made darkness to fly away is the same light that is in your heart. That same light, which is Christ, he broke the darkness and creation shines in your heart if you're a child of God. Your inner being, that your inner being knows the glory of God that is in the presence of God, even though you may not be aware of it in the physical. Because that light that broke the boundary of darkness and brought light into the world is the same that shining in your heart. And it wants to shine through you to the world. It wants to shine through you to draw other people to Christ. I plead with you today, my brothers and sisters. Don't allow things happening in the world to take your mind off. In some countries, it is politics. In some countries, it is buying and selling, greed. In most countries, greed is, of course, overriding principle. But so many, in many places, people have allowed their tribal instincts. Even in Africa, we hear people who claim they're pastors, but they're great tribalists. Can you say you're a pastor and you're a tribalist? So if you go to heaven and you see people from all other tribes and races there, then you say, God, no, I don't want to be here because I don't like this man or woman because he's from a different tribe. So you already take yourself to where? Hell. In hell is where you're going to find all the tribalists. I'm sure they all have their different tribes and races all there, yet they are suffering. 
So, please, if you're a child of God, Christ is in you. He's indwelling you. Because that's the guarantee you have that you're going to inherit eternal life. Flee from anything that will make you to lose that indwelling Christ in you. We have been warned it is covetousness. We have been warned it is association with things that you ought not to associate with. We have already talked about friendship with the world and all that. We're going to repeat them today. Because right now I want to glorify my Father in heaven. I want to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ with a song, Faithful One. Because the only faithful one we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is faithful. And so we're going to glorify him. And so he can join us as we sing. Faithful one, you are so unchanging. Ageless one, you are our rock of peace. Lord of all, we depend on you. We call out to you, Father God, again and again. We call out to you, Father God, again and again. Because you are my rock in times of trouble. You raise me up when I fall down. All through the storms, your love, my Father, my God, is the anchor. It's the anchor that keeps me safe. My hope is in you alone. So unchanging, so unchanging. ageless one, you are our rock of peace. All who are watching this broadcast, Lord, you are rock of peace. You are the Lord of all of us, and we are depending on you this day, oh God. We are calling out to you, Father God, Lord Jesus Christ. We are calling on you again and again. We are calling on you, Holy Spirit, again and again. Again and again. Help us, O oh Lord. I call out to you. Again and again. You are our rock, Father, in times of trouble. And these are times of trouble. You have raised us up. Each time we fall, you raise us up. Never let us go, Lord. All through the storms of life, only your love is the anchor that holds us, that keeps us glued to you, O Lord. Our hope is only you, my Father and my God.
Praise the Lord. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, you are word to us to hear. You are giving your people your word, Lord, and we bless your name. Help us, Lord, to allow the indwelling Christ to give way for him to do the things that needs to be done. To manifest the light that broke the darkness to the world. That people will see your children, Lord, and be drawn to Christ, him crucified and resurrected. Nullify the plans of the enemy against all who have had this message to the Lord. That the enemy will not steal one jot of everything they have heard. That even no matter what they are facing now, Lord, they will not lose hope. Because they know that their hope is in Christ the Lord. Their hope is in the indwelling Christ. Who is going to lead them through the path of eternal life. And the Holy Spirit will guide their paths as they continue this march. To inherit eternal life. Remove the devourer for their sakes, O oh God. Whoever has gathered against them, may they fall for their sake in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue, my Father, my God, because you are our anchor. If we are not, if you are not holding us, we we'll all have fallen away. Forgive us our sins. Your son suffered the greatest betrayal ever known. Help each and every one of us to forgive those who have betrayed us. And we pray for those who have betrayed us, Lord, that Lord God Almighty, you may touch their hearts so that they can repent and come into the saving knowledge of Christ. Bless everyone who has watched this broadcast today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. May the Lord continue to bless you all and guide you all. And by His grace, we'll see you again next Sunday. We need to pray for us as we pray for you.